Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Ed Cheney, a CBD industry expert and business executive. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods of treatment that are alternatives but also complement conventional medicines. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Welcome, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. I'm your host, Ed Cheney, along with the beautiful co-host, Kimberly Rose. Kimberly. Welcome to the show today. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Ed. I talked to her like I hadn't seen her earlier, but, you know, (laughs) we actually drove up to the studio together. Yes, we did. And I said the exact same thing to her when we got in the car. Welcome, Kimberly, to the car (laughs) on the way to the studio. Oh, my gosh. Yes, he's had a little too much caffeine today, guys. That's likely. (laughs) Today's show is a journey into the world of synthetic cannabinoids. Yeah, I... When I first started this little journey, I was like, oh, my goodness. I had no idea. I've never even heard of half this stuff. Yeah. And it's been brewing for 40 years. Again. So it was a way to skirt regulations. Ah. For the most part, that's what it was doing. And every time a regulation, we get caught up with a very specific synthetic molecule Mm -hmm. that was designed to replicate something. You know, they would just alter it and be right back in an undetectable place, still getting uh, the uh, the benefits they were looking for. And so it's been a game. Yeah. It just keeps getting played over and over and over again. Uh, but over the last 40 years, it's gotten quite big. And I also found that it is cluttering up the research for possible benefits of synthetic products. Now, do you think that with the, hopefully the world, going uh, recreational and accepting marijuana back into the mainstream that those will go away? Not go away, but the incidences have decreased drastically in the older adults. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Not to say in younger generations, but in the older adults, uh, the incidents have decreased. Because we're going to, are we going to say that these synthetics are harmful? Uh, We're going to demonstrate that that is the majority opinion. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and you'll understand why, too. So it it won't be a mystery to you either. Yeah. As we go through this. Um, And we even asked our... uh, I'm sorry, yeah, he's 19. <laughs> I had a, br- yeah. a little brain fart there. We asked our uh, 19-year-old if he, he was aware of, what, what is it, Spice? Spice is one of them, yeah. Uh-huh. Spice K2. Yeah, he did was not. Yeah, I think that it is an underground product, uh-huh. which I'm assuming people will protect. Okay. So Both the sellers and the buyers. Maybe not. Just I, you know me. I always get concerned for the kids. Sure, I'm sure, always and, thinking. and reasonably so because that is that has showed up in research that there is a different efficacy uh, between age groups. Okay. Uh, let's uh, let's um, let's play around with this. You jumped right into questions, which was terrific. <laughs> the synthetic cannabinoid. I should first help everyone by, let's understand what it is. So this synthetic cannabinoid replicates the molecule 
of the original cannabinoid that was derived either uh, phyto or endo. So either the one from the plant, like the CBD, or the one that the body produces, anatomide. Yeah. And anatomide is really what they're after because the anatomide affects the CB1 receptors in the body, and those are all uh, uh, psychological. You know, they're, right? They're like the T what the THC does. But, okay, so one quick question. Yes. Does it ever come f from the original cannabinoid? No. And they no, not synthetic. Okay. Now, you're stepping ahead. Yes, uh, delta sorry. 8 is a conversation, but we'll have that separately. Okay. They take this molecule, and they, they do their best to get as close as possible to the shape and layout and structure of the original molecule, but they do not replicate it Complete. verbatim. Okay. All right. But when it does land on a receptor, it delivers the same results. So if they were to replicate the THC model molecule, it when that molecule that they replicated, now called spice or something like that, when it lands on the receptor, the receptor is triggered exactly the same way as if the THC molecule were to land on it. Okay. All right. But there's a difference. The difference is, is the structure is still altered a bit. It's, it's different. It was enough to trigger the receptors, but there's still extra things in there. Maybe an extra electron, proton, something is changed in it. And it's that change that is problematic. Okay. There is very little known empirical data of what those changes are causing in the human body. And are they most concerned about the brain? Oh, absolutely. That is where it, most of them, uh, most of the issues are. That's the receptors they're yeah. looking at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we'll have conversations about lipids in the brain and so forth. It'll help clear that up a bit. Okay. So that's generally what we're talking about when we talk about thin synthetic cannabinoids is taking cannabinoids either from the plant or from a human and trying to replicate it so that it triggers the same type of activity in the body's receptors within your ECS system. Okay. So these, All right. these and there's are... some good and some bad, but there's probably more bad than there is good at the current time. But there is some thoughts of opportunities uh, that I'll share with you towards the end of the show. Okay. That haven't been really vetted out yet. Okay. Let's start with Synthetic cannabinoids, you may also hear them grouped in uh, another group called NPSs, which are new psychoactive substances. Now, these new, new psychoactive substances will include synthetic cannabinoids like K2 and spice, mm -hmm. but they'll also include things that are designed to... Uh, also be synthetic, like synthetic opioids. And do you know, I didn't know this, but it's synthetic opioid such as fentanyl. Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly knew fentanyl, but I didn't know it to be grouped into this. Yeah, I didn't either. Right? I, because the hospitals use fentanyl, right? Oh, I can't answer that. Oh. I, I don't know the answer <laughs> to that at all. Yeah. I mean, so me, what I'm saying is like the pharma, pharmacological world d created that. Okay. Yeah, uh, it did. Yes, you are correct. And then, but it doesn't mean that they didn't that that home science, right? Right. Somebody with a little lab set up in their house, somebody's capable, didn't take that molecule and make it synthetic again. 
is what I would probably guess is what's happening. Yeah, because uh, like, how is fentanyl so prevalent on the street now? Exactly. It's... They are not just stealing people's prescriptions. Somebody went yeah. out there and made a synthetic version of it. Got it. Okay. Uh, and once you've started and set this up, it's just science. It's just tinkering with a molecule. Now, you and I don't know how that works. I was going to say the just. One does, <laughs> the one who does, it's like getting up and going to work in the morning. Yeah. It's like, okay, what do I want to do today? Wow. I know, right? That's scary. Uh, so these synthetic cannabinoids, they function very similar to other cannabinoids. Let's say the one most copied is the Delta 9 THC, mm -hmm. right? The one that gives you a high. Uh, these synthetic cannabinoids bind to the same receptors in the brain uh, as the, the THC does. Uh, they were initially developed, again, over, over the, they were initially developed 40 years ago. And they were developed it as a therapeutic agent. So the intent in the beginning was medicinal. They were developed for both uh, for both pain and oh, and inflammation. Oh no, I also had them uh, for anxiety as well. Mm -hmm. So forty years ago, that was something they were going after. And by the way, forty years ago they really didn't even quite understand the ECS system yet. Right. So they were doing this for no other reason than having an awareness what the THC molecule was doing. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's, it's always interesting to me that someone just starts thinking of this stuff. Right. <laughs> now, they also uh, say like in, in late 2008, several cannabinoids were detected in herbal smoking mixtures and incense rooms and, and those, uh, what are the hookah lounges and such. Uh, the typical names back then were called Spice Gold, Spice Silver, Yucatan Fire. Uh, and then, of course, that list has just grown since mm -hmm. 2008. Uh, they do not contain tobacco or cannabis. Okay, and these are, it come in like a form that you smoke. The, it's oh, it's right. not a so, liquid. It's right. not a... So let me, yeah. So I'll keep going because it'll, it'll describe this for you. Okay. And by the way, I'm reading right from a study. Produce effects similar to those of cannabis, but they are not. They are, they are not cannabis products and they are not tobacco products. Okay. These products are typically sold via the internet and head shops. All right. So let's say here. Oh, here we go. In a pure state, these substances are either solid or oils. All right, so these synthetic cannabinoid replicas are, are in their pure state, are either oil or solids. And smoking mixtures are usually sold in metal foil sachets, typically containing three grams of dried vegetable matter. Dried vegetable matter, to which one or more of the cannabinoids has been added. Presumably, a solution of cannabinoids has been sprayed onto the herbal mix. Mm, that does not sound Some appealing. users report also suggested that spice can be ingested as an infusion, meaning added to a gummy or something like that. Okay. But I'm seeing this product is, can be an oil or a solid. So if it is an oil, it can be sprayed onto plant material uh, that's likely been dried. Uh, so that you can combust it. Okay. You know, wow. a pipe, a hookah, whatever they combust in. Yeah. 
Uh, also, if it's a solid, I'm seeing that doesn't sound unreasonable that you couldn't spray it or sprinkle it on a, you know, a moist uh, gummy or... Right. Right? Or mix it into a batch of some baked goods. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Let me just read a little bit more. Herbal products containing synthetic cannabinoids include, I already said, Spice Gold, Spice Silver, Spice Diamond, Yucatan Fire, Science Chill, Science, or I'm sorry, Sync Sense, S-E-N-C-E, mm -hmm. Chill X, Smoke, Genie, Algerian Blend, and many others. <laughs> I'm just sharing some names. I thought maybe some listeners out there would probably want to hear uh, if they, they heard those names come across. Yeah. Right, in the discussions with your youth or... And so you buy these at like a smoke shop or like an alcohol online or, like or a smoke liquor shop. store? Oh. Online or smoke shop. Now keep in mind, this is what synthetic cannabinoids were designed. They were designed to beat the current regulation. The current regulation says THC molecule is uh, a Schedule One drug can't and you'll get, you'll get uh, arrested if you're caught. Right. Right? So they designed a molecule that imitates it and is no longer illegal. Wow. Until... Something happens to the regulation where they say, we're now including this. Right. And then they go right back to work again and find something else. Find something else, and call it something else. Again. And now I it's illegal I mean, now it's legal again. Yeah. Okay. Whew. All right. So this is why, you know, it's kind of kept in, the, in that smoke shop area, probably, you know, in places online that, you know, aren't easily tracked. Right. Right. Like you can sell it one day and change your name the next day. Gotcha. Uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it says right here. Um, yeah, products may also... Let me read that because that was interesting. These products may already be obsolete, the ones I just listed. Since the internet market is rapidly evolving, the synthetic cannabinoids used in preparation are also being continuously substituted by legal alternatives in a pace with new control measures. Th th that defined my... Yeah. What I was saying. Yeah, so as soon as they, they, uh, they chamber it for uh, controlled, then they just I already have another one all backed up and ready to go. So maybe this is why DEA Great is taking so long with, uh, with marijuana that marijuana they're cannabis. just busy with all other, yes. Yeah. And they have lots of history with how these things can probably go south. Right. Yeah. I don't know why there's always someone that wants to manipulate. Well, I know why, but. Right. I mean, that was a silly question. I know. <laughs> I know it's all about the money, but you're, you're hurting. Well, again, I'm the Puritan. I, I, I don't, I don't understand how you could even try something <laughs> that you don't know what it is. Yeah. But when you're young or you're desperate, you'll, you'll do anything. Yeah, or, you know, you just want to prove yourself. Right. You want to prove yourself to your peers, to the world, uh, and you may not be considering the impact. You don't have that wisdom yet when you're young. You should, but you do not. And sometimes lack of parenting uh, will contribute to that. Yeah. Do you, have they done that with mushrooms too? I'm sure, right? There's a synthetic of a mushroom. Uh, I've not I'm seen sure. anything specific, but it does make sense. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's keep going. Let's talk about uh, a question you had asked earlier, uh, the effects on different age groups. And there has been a lot of studies. And it seems that 
the consensus through all the studies that I peered through uh, were that the greatest effects were on the younger brain, the adolescent brain. Well, yeah, because it's still developing. Yeah. Well, let me, let's just talk about that then. So this was uh, a study called Broad and Regional Specific Impacts of Synthetic Cannabinoid CP55940. Okay. Wow. I hope that wasn't the number of uh, how many cannabinoids before it. In adolescents and adult female mouse brains, this was done in Indiana University, November 2018. Uh, in the discussion of this, uh, this CP, this, uh, this synthetic uh, cannabinoid, highly potent and very effective on the CB1 receptor. It has extreme psychological and physiological effects, up to 10 times more effective than THC. Wow. Now, this is, remember, this is a very specific one. Mm -hmm. uh, again, they call this, uh, this molecule, this synthetic cannabinoid, CP55940. What they found was this, this, this synthetic cannabinoid altered the levels of, more, of lipids in the brain. And it altered more, it altered those levels more in younger brains. Now you might ask, like I had to ask, right? What does a lipid do in the brain? <laughs> right. I didn't want to ask because I, I'm like, I'm sure I should know this, but well, you would thank think, you. I'm going to ask the audience how many people they have and see how many people raise their hand. I, I, I didn't know. I had to really look that up. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you what I found, and then summarized it for you, so you know you don't have to have a a bachelor's degree. Right. Lipids are bioactive signaling molecules with a myriad of effects and optimal and pathological functions. They also play an important role or important roles in brain health and disease prevention. Okay. So they are a signaling molecule. They seem, they sound pretty important yeah. for and your I brain. They, I know they are on the exterior of your cell wall. Okay. Uh, and your cell wall is your communication to the rest of your body and to all, the, all the signaling happens right there. So if that cell is in trouble, it needs to signal to be able to get corrective actions in place. And if it can't signal correctly, then there you go. Now you have uh, disease or health issues. Right, okay. extreme or, uh, brain fog. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everybody's in a fog, nobody can talk to each other. And that synthetic really goes in there and, and messes with They're that. They're showing that it affects the levels. And I would imagine a decrease is probably problematic. Right. Now, uh, there is widespread effects of this CP, uh, CP uh, synthetic cannabinoid on lipid levels. And it may be because of its ability to affect multiple enzymes involved in lipid metabolism. Now, when I hear that, it, I go back to the shape and structure of that molecule having extra pieces on it. Mm -hmm. And those extra pieces, when I read all those studies, they still do not know what all those extra things are doing and how they connect to the possibility of an impact on health and, and disease. They could be triggering other problems. Uh, this one, they got. They seem like they have a good start. 
on understanding it. In other words, the effect of this one THC replica molecule has this impact on lipid levels. Okay. So, but there could be a myriad of other things too, is what I'm seeing. Yeah. And every one of them are saying, wow, we need to look into this more. Now, uh, when I did do some homework on what the short-term and long-term effects of this THC synthetic reproduction, I, I can tell you when I first started to read those, they looked exactly like regular THC, mm -hmm. right? You know, you're going to have a little bit of... Uh, grogginess, you're going to have some memory problems, you're going to have, uh, what is that when you're wondering if people are looking in at you? Uh, the, uh, uh, paranoia. Paranoia. But the further I went in, it, it seemed to have more things than just that. It, it, but it, it also said possible. These were possible short-term and long-term. Well, I read the same thing about the THC molecule. Right. So there's def definitely not enough empirical information out there. Uh-huh. Is it, well, and I guess it's very concentrated, THC is very concentrated now. Uh, but not 10 times more. Not Yeah, that sounds, I mean, THC is already <laughs> pretty intense. Yeah. I can't imagine going 10 times over that. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that that has to have an impact on your brain. <laughs> um, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Anything that's 10 times over, what's somebody going to do? Somebody's either going to suggest, all right, I have 10 times more. So I'll use I'm less? I'm adjust. Yeah, I don't think. Do you think, honestly, I, 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 a person who's I, using that? I agree. Somebody could be, you know, caught off guard thinking, you know, it's, it's, it's even Steven. Uh, and then, you know, certainly wake up the next morning and go, I now know. Right. And now I'll just. Right. Yeah. So I don't think anybody, it's always just, ah, I'm going to get knocked on my ass. Let's do this. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of those, but right. I don't think that's the common. I think the common was, hey, it's, Ill it's legal and wow, I can get more of it. Yeah. Guy in smaller doses. Or it's, yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I have a feeling that's it. But what nobody's talking about is this extra, this extra piece of it, this extra what else is it doing to my body that uh, science has not yet found out. That's the piece. That's the right that, because it's a for it is a foreign matter. It's not anything that's natural. It's not anything that's a, a plant material. It's this foreign thing that you're putting in your body. Yeah. Okay. There are... I'm sure there's no test results or ingredients or you just something you buy and right. take your chances. Right? Okay. That <laughs> sounds good. I definitely cannot see that. If you want my guess, there's literally been hundreds, hundreds of these that have been produced. Yeah. From, I don't have any specific numbers, but my goodness, I've probably read through 20 different studies, 20 different reports... And I try not to waste my time with anything, you know, that was found on a head shop's page or anything like that. Right, right. It just, it's, 
I, I, I'm really getting concerned about just the gummy itself. It's just really being <laughs> abused is, in so many ways. <laughs> the poor gummy. It's just everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, like if you're at a party and someone goes, hey, you know, I got this gummy. Try Check it out. It's, I ate it. I'm fine. And there you are. No, no, wait. There's plenty of humans out there of all ages that go, uh, wait a minute. Yeah. All right. Well, sure. Now we only talk about the ones. Who, oh, okay. <laughs> that <laughs> well, sounds fun. Let's do it. I'm talking about. Yes. But again, I'm always talking about the younger You're generation. About me when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's just. I thought it was only a smokable form, but now that it can be infused in things, which makes sense, because I guess fentanyl is everywhere. Yeah, you, you find right. it in all kinds of. Right. Now, with cannabinoids, they have these things grouped into seven different group types. And I tried my best to understand uh, how they grouped it, and it was extremely scientific. I think if the atomic weight was here and the electron profile was this way as opposed to that way. So if you do stumble on seven groups of synthetic cannabinoids, uh, I, I'll, I can at least tell you there it, they've grouped them by the structure of the by, by the structure of the molecule itself. Okay. Yeah, the atomic structure. Uh, other than that, there are some positive things out there. They're just busy. They're busy catching up with forty years of this basement laboratory production of all these these uh, synthetic ones that are designed to hit the CB1 receptor inside of the human body. Right. Now, remember CB1 receptor. CB1 is all uh, about stuff that affects your psychology. Right. So everything, your memory, your retention, uh, your, I guess, paranoia, your anxiety is there. What else is there? Well, mood, we know that, mood and anxiety and... Sleep, communication, there's right. tons there, yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, that, that I just kind of want to leave this section with that thought. Yes, there's lots of abuse, and that's a common thing for, I'm going to say everybody on the planet, but... Well, abuse has been around for a really, yeah. really long time in many different forms. Right. So, But that's not the end of the story. And I do know just from hearing hints that pharmaceutical, big pharma, is all over synthetic cannabinoids. But they're not going to go after it from a recreational. They're going right. to go after it in the direction they should. But they're not going to let any of this out yet because we have not... The, the cannabis, the hemp, those plants have not been dealt with yet. DEA has not done their thing yet. FDA has not done theirs. So there's no way that Big Pharma is going to dump billions of dollars and then let it out until that has been resolved. They'll dump the billions of dollars in to find all these solutions, but they're not going to let it out until uh, the problem with the regulation has been solved. Yeah, I mean, I think we said it maybe, oh my gosh, I feel like it was two years ago, but I don't know if we've been doing this podcast for two years, but <laughs> that those two, why can't they just get together and figure it out? Right. Well, they are, they are. Congress is just gonna force it. Good. 
Congress is just going to say, that's it. We've had enough. We're going to move it to this state, which what I see them pushing is that they're going to move it to a dietary supplement. FDA already has a program in place to be able to accept it as a, a very particular type of dietary supplement. So I think it's just a matter of time, months or so. Okay, uh, good. And then all this will finally start taking some shape. Going to rattle a lot of people, but it's absolutely needed. Yeah. I'm going to show up at an event later this month. Uh, hopefully I have some more insight to share with everybody um, post-October uh, or September 24th. Yeah. All uh, right. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to move to a, few, a little bit more positive side about synthetic, synthetic cannabinoids because there is one. Good. There is a positive side is what I mean to say. So, hey, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at the com. That's info at the com. Now, back to the CBD Ed Show. Hey, welcome back, listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. Here with lovely Kimberly. Hello. 
Talking about synthetic cannabinoids, we spent the entire first part of the show scaring the crap out of everybody. Yeah, I mean, they're scary. Uh, hopefully, again, they're, they're on their way out the door because the real stuff is taking the place. Uh, you know what? There's lots of conversations about that. Yeah, you like why would you go waste your money on that when you can get the real thing? Now, uh, before we go into the, you know, some of the more positive stuff and then, and then pursuing with some conversations about it, uh, most of the studies followed this kind of a theme. Uh, here is one study. Uh, Frontier uh, Psychiatry, 23rd of August, 2017. Chronic use of synthetic cannabinoids is associated with impairment in working memory and mental flexibility. Then we come down here to another one, July 2020. Synthetic cathinone, which is a synthetic cannabinoid, and Cannabinoid designer drugs pose a major risk for public health. Huh. And we come down to another one. What's More it called? Cathinone? Ca cathinone. Okay. Uh, and I have seen that uh, pop up in a number of studies. So cathinone would probably be more of a lab term of a popular synthetic cannabinoid. So they don't have to keep calling it, you know, gold or... Whatever. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another one. Uh, this is uh, also in 2020. More potent than CBD, THC, Dr. Ralph. Oh, well, yeah, just that 10 times more potent than other cannabinoids. Uh, so synthetic cannabinoids, kind of, that, that's the theme of all the research out there. Mm -hmm. As everybody's looking at, uh, this is a health problem that we need to solve first before we move on to how to create this to be a medicinal hybrid, uh, a solution that can fix a lot of the gaps that pharmaceutical is not fixing. Now, f quick question. With, le with less uh, side effects. Do you? That's the, that's the biggest. Yeah, that's what here. I was going to ask. Okay. Or how, did you find any evidence that they're addictive or? Yes. Yes, oh, they are there addictive. is addictive profile. But when I read those, it was very similar to the ones that were in the same in the THC conversation. Okay. Okay. Because we have found out that THC is addictive. It is addictive. Your body does go through a withdrawal period. Yep. When you there's a name for it now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cannabis withdrawal syndrome. Yeah. 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 Where the, in the beginning we didn't think that was the case. Yeah. And the, it, the, it's not the same addiction as with like opioid where it's chemical, although it is chemical, but it's more about the THC molecule has the ability to store in your fat cells. And even though you're, you're going to stop using it, mm -hmm. the THC molecule is still in there and it will be in there for three to six weeks, still triggering things to happen which could be counterproductive and that those lower amounts uh if yeah 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 i have uh, yeah yeah so i have knowledge here okay uh that is just different it's not the the same type of chemical dependency it's really more about the molecule being able to stay in your system and, and then one more impact one more question did you find anywhere where people have actually overdosed Exactly the same cannabinoid. thing. Exactly the same thing as THC. Okay. So many things that they were aware of were the same awarenesses that they would have with the THC molecule. The big thing was 
what they they weren't aware of. That's what they're trying to find out, and that's what they don't have a handle on yet. Okay. Right? Is, you know what? Some of the common diseases out there could have been triggered by these, and yeah. they don't have that knowledge yet. Okay. Like, I think they have the knowledge they need for the THC molecule because they understand all the pieces of it. The synthetic ones, they do not. So it's a good question. Yeah. They're not there yet. Good. Well, everybody's so darn slow. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't help when they keep changing it every five minutes. Oh, that's illegal now? Well, mm -hmm. we just happened to be doing it over here in the kitchen yesterday making a new one. All right. And if you are a user of synthetic products like synthetic cannabinoids or other MPSs, you know, opioids, things like that. You probably want to know about this one, this piece of news. Researchers identify new biomarkers to detect consumption of emerging illicit drugs. What are they talking about? NPSs, which include synthetic cannabinoids. Oh. So in the past, they had a hard time detecting this, and this is August. This is just last month. So now they know this what you've been taking? This number will boost global surveillance of synthetic Cannabinoid abuse. Hmm. That's the uh, that's the subtitle of this news release. New discovery will boost global surveillance of synthetic cannabinoid cannabinoid abuse. Okay, so where is that going to come into play? Testing. Like a dead drug test. Correct. Correct. So they're looking for byproducts, uh, and they can't find those same products uh, that THC will will emit because that's how a THC drug test is done. Mm -hmm. Well, these same byproducts aren't coming out of these, hmm. uh, these synthetic products. And remember, in NPS drugs, you know, like for cocaine, all those have a very unique byproduct that they can measure. Well, if it's synthetic, that doesn't naturally, that doesn't always occur, so they can't find it in a, in a screen. And remember, MPSs are drugs designed to mimic the effects, but don't always create the same byproducts. Gotcha. And that's cannabis, cocaine, heroin, ice, ecstasy, LSD, all of those are in that group. So this was, uh, you know, this is, will be a big deal, especially for those who are commonly using this and not being found out through normal drug screening processes. So one day, oh, I see. This, so you're getting one day high. this is going to show up, and then all of a sudden they're going to get popped and go, crap, I didn't know that was coming. Because they don't think that the, the drug can be detected. Correct. That's why they're thinking, I see what you're saying. Perfect, okay. yeah, yeah. So that was, that was that conversation I wanted to share with you. And again, very new news. It was just last month. Uh, actually, to be honest, this is August 30th. So what was that, three weeks ago? Yeah. Um, okay, how about... How about this? There is a research guy out there uh, has been heavy in researching cannabis in general. His name is Dr. Raphael McCollum. Older guy. Mm -hmm. He has found something very interesting. And I think you and I really will appreciate this. Okay. Give it to All me. Right. It's called Canna bediolic acid methyl ester. Oh. Shortened to EM301. Okay. All right. I have to talk to you. I, I, let me read his intro into this story first, and then I'll tell you what I know. 
Okay. Researcher developed a method to work with original substances of cannabis, the professor explained. So, while everybody is discussing THC and CBD, these cannabinoids are actually secondary substances. Kim, you know this. The acid is formed first, and yeah. then the acid creates the cannabinoids, both minor and major. Right. So these secondary substances, well, they only appear in the plant later. Originally, there is an acid that appears in the plant, and those acids are these mysterious worlds of compounds that are much more potent than the cannabinoids they create. So that if they're even stronger as an infant than they are as a, a full... As the precursor. The right. precursor is the acid. Okay. Okay, that produces then the cannabinoid. They're saying that that precursor, that acid, is much more potent. But there has always been a problem. These cannabidiolic acids were unstable and therefore useless in pharmaceutical drug development. Until now, that mm. is. Mm -hmm. So this gentleman... Recent, his recent revelation stems from the development of a method that allows to modify the acids in a way that keep them stable enough to allow for their large-scale use. This opens the door for further pharmaceutical experiments and possible, you know, much with the minor cannabinoids. We know there's all these benefits, but they're minor, they're, they're very few of them. Well, if the precursor the acid is capable of more potency then they literally can extract that benefit out uh, much 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 more effective hmm. I think I I think I watched this video or listened to this video on project CBD okay this was just late 2020 okay so this this has probably been about nine months now yeah eight, eight or nine months uh, it it's it's exciting We'll see where it goes, uh, but I think it's very exciting because the hemp plant just has so many opportunities in it. So you, so in this theory, the CBDA would be more potent, potent than the CBA, than, than the CBD, than the CBD itself. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. CBA yeah. is uh, just for those who heard that out loud. That is the precursor acid that was developed first. So yeah, anytime you see a molecule with the A afterwards, right. that means it, that it's in its acid yeah. form, right? And CBGA is the mother of it all. CBGA is, is the mother that's where of the it, whole plant. It's, that's where everything starts from, Yeah. CBGA. Alrighty, now, I don't know if that was helpful information, but <laughs> maybe we're just bragging on what we know. Yeah, well, no, it's good to know something. <laughs> so I really want to shout out Dr. Raphael McCallum. Keep it up. Yeah. I think it's a good find. This guy, uh, I think he's like 83 years old. He did so, not look young in the video. <laughs> so I think. But well that, informed. I think that is excellent because he's got some wisdom. He's probably got a ton of passion. He has been serving the cannabis industry for a long time. Yeah. As a researcher. So right. uh, I think that's outstanding. All right, let's keep going. How about another conversation we have uh, about a common question that has been asked, including Kim asking it. Delta 8, who it's fairly common now, I think. Yeah. Most who have any type of awareness of cannabis is probably aware of the molecule Delta-8. Let me explain the molecule first. The molecule was created 
much like all these other synthetic cannabinoid molecules were created. Somebody was trying to move away from the regulatory legal issues of THC. So they wanted to create this, model, mo this molecule that acted like the THC, but was 100% extracted from the hemp plant, which from 2018 became federally legal. You see how they skirted this thing? I, 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 I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing the, the little conversations that are going on in the background. <laughs> right. go, go. Let's, let's figure this out. We can find the loophole, and they found it. Right. Now, responsible or not, uh, it had been done. Uh, there are conversations on both sides of the fence. Should it have been done? Should it not have been done? Is this bad for our population? Is it bad for the industry? There, are there benefits to Delta 8 or is it just recreational? So let's talk to some of those points. Yeah, because I had a customer come in and say they found it at a dispensary. And yeah. I thought, why yeah. would they Very carry early on, it? Are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, well, actually, she was in a few weeks ago, oh, okay. and she's like, yeah, there was Delta 8 at the dispensary. And I oh, thought oh, that. Yeah, it's because the consumers are, are requesting it now. Huh. Okay. Well, because you know what it is, it's less of that knock your butt down on the couch kind of a high. Yeah. It's a little bit more functional high for people who are wanting to use it recreational. Yeah. But let's stay on that. So it does have medicinal purposes. Uh, the same things that the CBD and the TH molecule were able to affect, so does this Delta-8. We've seen uh, successes in pain management and addiction, mm -hmm. right? We've seen them both. We've seen it in sleep. Yep. Those are three areas that I think Kim and I have per personally observed yes. in, in customers. Anyway, uh, so now let's go back to whether they should have. Is it good for population? Well, here's the thing about that question. Well, wait, what, let's back it up. Is it a synthetic? Not yet. Oh, okay, sorry. I, I teased the audience a little <laughs> bit here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the CBD Ed Show. All right, anyway. All right, so let's go back. Was it good for the population? I think if somebody were to use it medicinally, which a lot of the population knows how to use, cannabis now medicinally, it was good. But if they were doing it recreational, they now had no constraints. They now didn't require a card, didn't, right? So it was yeah. still a controlled substance and we let it out before the state was recreational. So that means anybody can get their hands on it. I see. Yeah, okay. so I thought that was a little irresponsible. So you might take this Delta 8 that was sold at your local head shop or at a vape shop, and you go home and take it and then jump in your car to go pick up your kids, that was not a very responsible place to go. Oh, gosh, no, yeah, there should be a warning on, be, on right? Delta A, just like Delta and, 9. Right, and so there was usually controls for stuff like that. Alcohol, hey, there was an awareness, don't yes. drink and drive. There's no thing on there that says don't drink and drive. Or don't eat, smoke and drive, don't <laughs> oh, eat and yeah, drive, right. whatever it is, yeah, but yeah, don't, uh, and, and an age, there should be an age, I mean, it should okay. just be like. All right, now let's go to the recreational. Mm -hmm. So was it good for population? We just talked, well, how about recreational? Was it good for recreational? Yes, it was. I think it allowed those who needed to use it to be less 
What happens when you get super high? You're just incapable. You, you, you just you can't do anything, right? Uh, what do we call that? Incapacitated. Well, there's that, yes. <laughs> I, I used to have a word for it, THC coma. I don't yeah. know. You can't function. So with the Delta-8, for those who were using it, either recreational or a combination of both, they were at least their functional capabilities were improved. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we have not seen any evidence of a withdrawal yet. No. Uh, and then we already talked about medicinal. So there's definitely some medicinal uh, things there, and we've not seen a whole lot of negative. Uh, okay, so there's Delta-8, kind of wrapped up in a short little version. Now let's go to the question that was asked. Well, is then Delta-8 a synthetic cannabinoid? Well, I, I went there and spoke with uh, or read up on a uh, conversation held by attorney Rod Knight, an international hemp lawyer, and this was just May of 2021 and the issue is this it can't be defined as either one it can fit in both a natural substance and a synthetic substance it can it can occupy the definition in the same time and is that because it is pulled from yeah. the hemp plant yeah let's talk about it's not that. fabricated somewhere it's pulled from Let, the hemp yeah plant. let's talk about that so cbd uh, so the hemp plant. I'm sitting there looking at a hemp plant. If I know how to extract the molecule CBD from the hemp plant, now I have a CBD molecule in my hand. Mm -hmm. I then take that molecule, do a little tweaking to it, and I turn that molecule into a delta-8 molecule. So by definition, it came directly from the hemp plant. But it's been modified. It's been modified. So it Which does. Is good, but that term definition of synthetic mm -hmm. cannabinoid is different with the DEA. It's different with FDA, uh, FDA and clinical science. Everybody has a little bit of a different term for what that really is. So they can't. They, yeah, they they, they can't. They, so here is the the title of. Let me see if I wrote down the title. No, I did not. But it, it says, is Delta-8 a synthetic cannabinoid or does it matter? Right. And the outcome of this very long story was it really didn't matter. Uh, and he, this attorney was doing this, having this conversation, because it was really more about whether it was illegal or not. So uh, I just read a little bit. The issue of whether Delta-8 is synthetic or not arises from the fact that most... Delta-8 THC on the market was not extracted directly from the hemp plant. Rather, it was derived from the CBD extracted from the hemp plant. Specifically, a chemical reaction transformed the CBD to Delta-8 THC. This begs the question on whether Delta-8 derived in this fashion is synthetic or not. The reason this distinction matters is because of the misguided argument that Delta-8 THC is synthetic, then... It is an illegal controlled substance since synthetic THC is listed as a Schedule One controlled substance. As I discuss in part in earlier parts of this article, below this distinction does not matter, and all hemp-derived Delta-8 THC is exempt from this controlled substance schedule. Okay, so that's a lot of legal mumbo jumbo, but basically, but, but it tells you kind of the why this conversation was being had. Right. It, 
it, it still originates from the hemp plant. It Correct. still is some sort of phyto matter at some point. Right. Okay. Well, now we know all about Delta-8, and uh, I, I still don't – some people are like, isn't that illegal, or is right. that legal, or what For, is that, by or the letter how does that happen? Of, right. By the letter of the law, mm -hmm. federally, Delta-8 is not an illegal substance, period, so far. Yeah. But by state, that is not. The fact. Okay. So Each state can regulate how they want to deal with this. Uh, we're here in the state of Arizona, and this product is currently listed as an illegal substance. Even though Delta 9 is not? Recreational fell under a different act. Oh, okay. Correct. And so, uh, but Arizona also could be looking at this as a synthetic substance. Gotcha. Yeah, right? Because remember, Delta 9. It's a synthetic Delta-9 is considered a controlled substance by the CSA. Uh, let's see, what else about this is important? Well, did you share with the show uh, what you shared with the live audience before we... You did, right? Before we started the I show? I think. Oh, my goodness. I just <laughs> randomly talked, so you may have to be more specific. I think he was just talking about how crazy the world is in, in in developing all these synthetics when you have when you have the real deal i understand that it's under lock lock and key and it's illegal and all that and i yeah. get, i i do i get all that but as long as it's not hurting anyone i, I know, know but that is that is the undiscovered part of this right what are the extra pieces doing yeah. And it doesn't seem like it's ending up really well. Now, I can't say that's for all. So, yeah. But I, I, I sense that with the amount of research that was out there, uh, that it's probably going to be discovered soon. Yeah. And Big Pharma is going to push it once they come into the picture, too, because they're going to cause a lot of things to happen. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I think that concludes our show today. Uh, synthetic cannabinoids, and, and I, I should tell you, there are other cannabinoids, uh, uh, cannabinoids like Delta-8 that we had talked about almost a year ago, and that was what, Delta-10? Mm-hmm. Uh, Delta-8, Delta-10. I don't know I if I thought there was, was a 12, but anyway. Oh, that's right. There's not, we'll give you an update on a, on a later show, but there has not been a whole lot of news on the wire about those latter two. The 10. Yeah. So they might be finding troubles with them. So I just want to pass that information on since we are talking about synthetic and how closely those those are to synthetic cannabinoids. Okay, so that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank the office for helping me prepare these documents mm -hmm. and research all this uh, product for us. They just do all the work and I just, I just tell them what they tell me. Anyway, <laughs> hey, I'm just kidding. I, I jump in there. So that's a wrap for today's show. Thank you, Kim, for your input today. Great questions. You're very welcome. So this is Ed. And this is Kim. Working towards a better life. Bye now. <music> 
Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Ed Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be back with you soon.